Welcome to our Animal Podcast series. Thanks for joining us again for this uh, for this week. And uh, this, this is actually going to be our last one in the series, our last animal that we're looking at. And so I hope you've very much enjoyed it. Uh, if you've been listening all along, uh, you'll remember our very first session where we made the point that there is actually lots that we can learn from the natural world about God. The heavens declare his glory, the skies uh, proclaim his works. And so animals being one of God's works, are, are things that we can learn from. And uh, we hope this series has, has helped you in that. And uh, we've done lots of different animals, and we're going to finish today by looking at the dove. Um, so as, as, as usual, we're going to do a bit of a survey of the Bible and uh, look at some passages where the dove features and uh, see, what, see what we can learn about it and other things. And, oh, will we start with Genesis, the... Yeah, well, as far Noah. as I know, the first mention of dove is uh, on the on the ark. It's, it's Genesis chapter eight. Obviously, God had created birds and, and so forth in Genesis one, but first mention of the dove is there. So you've got um, you've got a flood. God God has uh, sent judgment upon this earth. He's rescued a remnant, which is Noah and his family. They're on this amazing boat that. Uh, Noah took 120 years to make, um, and uh, the rest of mankind has drowned, and uh, he's been floating around in the boat, saved in that ark for 40 days, Mm. and he wants to know whether now the water is is receding and whether there's dry ground. He first sends out a raven, and the raven seems to come backwards and forth, and uh, doesn't sort of he doesn't really know what what the raven is is telling him, and then he sends out a dove, and uh, that uh, comes comes back, uh, and so he waits another seven days, and he sends out the dove again, and this time when the dove comes back, it's got an o- olive leaf mm. uh, or twig in it in its beak, and therefore he realizes that the 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 that the water had receded enough for a. For a, mm. you know, for the bird to have landed and pecked, mm. Mm. landed in a tree and pecked out the um, olive uh, olive branch. It's quite impressive that we've done a whole podcast on animals, and this is the first time we've gone to Noah's Ark. Is that right? Yeah, mm. we oh. haven't mentioned we haven't mentioned yeah. Noah's Ark, yeah. the yet. home of animals. Yeah, yeah. well, it's <laughs> madness. Perhaps we ought to do another one. Yeah. 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 Well, it, it's um, it says it says something about how God uh, values nature and animals that He saved them also. Um, but also that he wiped out all of them and he wanted to start again with them in it. Yeah, in a way. Well, it's like a new creation, isn't it? A new creation, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, so the dove is interesting there because um, it, it's it's symbolic of a new start and a new creation, isn't it? It, it kind of, in bringing that olive branch back, it was saying, okay, the waters have receded, uh, a, a mini Genesis 1 mm. is in this ark and it's going to step out onto the world again, uh, be fruitful, multiply. Um, and so it's it's a new, it's the sign of new beginnings, isn't it? It's a sign that the judgment has passed and will not come again in the same way and that now is the time of new beginnings. So the dove sort of speaks of that, doesn't it, in that in that particular um, story, um, which is which is good. Um, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Um, just on the on one of the points of Noah's Ark and that judgment that covered the world, it's a it's a real um, it's a lesson to us that something greater had to happen to fix the problem because God 
as you said, it's a new creation. So in Genesis, you see that the waters cover the surface of the earth. Here, the waters are covering the surface of the, again. But man's sin problem still hasn't been dealt with. No. So it's almost, um, you think, well, why did God do it? What's the point? <laughs> Something else had to happen. But perhaps, it, you know, it's an illustration to us. Even if God covered the entire waters and started again with the same problem in your heart, there would still be an issue. Mm. Therefore, Christ had to come mm. uh, and die for us and cleanse us. Yeah, um, and that, and well, yeah, and that great sacrifice was also foreshadowed by the sacrificial system in the Old Testament, wasn't it? So you're right; they stepped out on the ark, but their sin problem remained. Mm. Sacrifices were going to be a part of their worship because their sin still needed to be atoned for. Um, and and that that is another place in which the dove crops up isn't it so the dove comes in in the sacrificial system as a way in which people can um offer to the lord and make atonement for their for their sin and uh, leviticus, leviticus chapter one. yeah you got yeah. it leviticus chapter one verse 14 it says in the offering to the lord uh, sorry if the offering to the lord is a burnt offering of birds he is to offer a dove or a young pigeon so pigeons and doves are on the same they're from the same sort of groupings mm -hmm. um and so yeah that's what you're meant to do if you can't afford a lamb this is really a poor man's uh, offering mm. and god is kind enough to say you know these offerings that obviously represent christ are for rich for poor mm. you know if you could afford a bull bull you know, very rich you know mm. lamb mm. rich dove poorer people all, all people yeah uh, uh, can you know bring bring this offering mm. yeah and we, um, the, these days, uh, we think of a dove as quite a beautiful and magnificent bird, um, probably because of another story we'll get to in a minute in the Bible. But the fact that they were for the poor probably means that they were very common, mm. they were easily accessible, uh, people didn't value them particularly highly, uh, and therefore that's why they're the, the option for, for people who can't afford a lamb. Mm. Um, and so it was the ordinary man's thing, um, yeah, absolutely. And and the key things were still able to happen. So mm. in the sacrificial system, you know, the the idea was that the you know, the blood, the life was in the blood yeah. and the blood was shed and uh, that was the the offering that was given um mm. in place of the people and that was still able to happen in yeah. the dove. And then as it was burned on the altar, we're told that it's a pleasing aroma to the Lord. So he's he's pleased uh not with the cost of the sacrifice. Yeah. Um, but with the spirit in which it's offered, the faith in which it's offered, and no matter what it is, it rises up to him as a pleasing aroma because mm. it comes as an act of faith and worship. And and no one in the community was to be excluded from that, whether mm. uh, whether that be um, because of wealth or, or otherwise. Um, let's stay with that theme, if we can, because uh, when we go to John, John chapter 2, uh, we, we find the dove and temple and sacrifice and worship, those ideas interacting with each other again. And uh, this is right, right at the beginning of John's gospel uh, where Jesus is clearing the temple. And uh, it's just quite interesting how, how the dove is picked on here. Mm. And um, perhaps we can explore some of the, some of the points that are being, are being made there. So, um, you know, this is, this is John chapter 2, verse 12. Should and, I um, read it out? Yeah, go on. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. So after this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples. There they stayed for a few days. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep and doves and others sitting at tables exchanging money. 
So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. Yeah, so that's that's really important, isn't it? So Jesus is here and he's zealous uh, for the house of his father. And uh, we know from other parts in the Gospels that he wants it to be a house of prayer for all nations. Uh, he doesn't want people excluded, uh, whether they be Jews or Gentiles. He wants it to be a place where all people can come and know and worship the one true living God. And not only a, 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 you know, a place for all nations, but for all types of people. Um, so the poor should be able to come and worship and so, and so should the rich. So no one should be excluded based on nationality or income or whatever. Um, but it looks like what's going on here is, uh, well, we know what's going on here is that the religious leaders had turned the temple um, into some kind of marketplace. Uh, yeah, they wanted to make, make money from it because presumably they realized it was a is a busy hubby place and Mm. that's where the people were and in doing that they had begun to exclude the gentiles you know they were taking over the courts in which they were supposed to be worshiping in and you know they're flogging the doves uh, which seems like counter the whole reason for the dove the dove was there so that the poor uh, would not be exploited but be able to bring something and now they're being uh, i guess charged through the teeth for for a dove and, mm. and so the whole thing has become completely wrong and of course it's the poor and the internationals who who are going to suffer mm. and um, jesus is furious about that because he wants he wants people to be able to come and to worship and to bring their sacrifices he doesn't want it to be a place of exploitation but uh, where people can come and and know the lord so he's uh you know he's pretty upset about that isn't he right yeah. rightly he um, um he he targets specifically those who sells who, who sold the doves yes. we read that in verse um 16 to those yeah. who sold doves he said get these out of here mm. stop turning my father's house into a market mm. so it's, it's an interesting just small detail we get these small details in the bible mm. this is a really interesting detail why specifically to those well perhaps because they were meant to be for the poorest and, yes and and the greatest sort of um uh what's the word exploitation uh, often occurs to the to the most vulnerable, doesn't it? Mm. And so the dove was meant to be for the poorest, for the most vulnerable, uh, just to get anyone through the door. So there's no barrier between them and God. Mm. And that those are the people uh, Jesus is speaking to. You are exploiting and preventing the poorest, the most vulnerable from coming to me. Mm. Um, and so the judgment, I suppose, is heaviest on them. Mm. Uh, but it's it's consistent with what the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were doing. They well, What religion does, isn't What it? religion does. Religion's always just making money out of the poor. Yeah. Mm. Manipulating things. I mean, you had that, uh, you know, during the medieval times, you had, you know, the tears of Mary that someone would, mm. uh, you could buy bottled tears of Mary and all of that sort of stuff mm. from the from the you know the, the the statues and things like that to to encourage people to you know have an experience of god and they were being ripped off by the religious leaders and that's that happens in every religion all the way around the world doesn't mm. it yeah because people um i know in some prosperity churches the message is give generously and and you will be healed of your diseases or you will be mm. you will you will have your sexual orientation changed and people give up all sorts of money don't they to try and receive some kind of blessing through the preacher it's, it's interesting because um jesus himself uh when he was a baby was presented in the temple and he wouldn't 
you know, they weren't clearly weren't rich. Mm. And and it says uh, when he was presented at, at eight days old, uh, as every firstborn male was to be, that um, you know a pair of of doves and young pigeons were presented. And so um, so it shows that he was poor, mm. and he himself. Uh, would have been excluded from right. the father's house, as he put it, mm. uh, with these money makers and people getting in the way of mm. the reality of what that stood for. Mm. But there's a nice, there's a niceness uh, you see throughout Jesus's whole life, from the moment he's born in a manger to where he dies on the cross, which was a kind of criminal's slave's death. Uh, his whole life is characterized by this sort of commonplaceness and this mm. non-specialness mm. um so he was presented in the temple not with fanfare and with 15 bulls and endless sheeps but with just what the poorest most ordinary things possible mm. um i don't yeah. want to pivot without the permission of the the driver of the train but that does take us to <laughs> there was quite a few um metaphors there all muddled <laughs> up i think yeah no yeah uh so Okay, well, that, no, that's a good place to kind of, you know, pause before we move on. So so when we see doves, mm. uh, which isn't that often, <laughs> is it? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Well, a pigeon, you see all the time. Yeah, okay, a, p- yeah. a pigeon. And a pigeon is... is the same family. Fam- same family, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're to think, oh, well, that, in that case, that is very common. Uh, we're to think, um, you know, remember that Christ is zealous for the poor. You know, he wants, mm. he wants people, every type of person to come and worship him. But it can remind um, you of the ark. I mean, you, you get yeah. you get people. You know, they talk about homing pigeons and met pi- you know messenger pigeons. They use pigeons in the war mm. for messengers, secret <laughs> messages, mm. and that's what the, the the dove was doing in Noah's Ark. Mm. It was a homing pigeon. It yeah. came back to its home, which was the ark. I think Baldrick had a homing pigeon, didn't he? Did he? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I never watched it. <laughs> um, Okay, uh, so let's let's move on then to where were you going to take us? I was going to. Right, I was moving from the commonness of the dove presented in the in the temple to the beauty yeah. of it. To to well, I mean, so when you go to the baptism of Jesus, mm, very yeah. famously, the Spirit descends on him like a dove, and I think in all of our sort of children's Bibles and all the imagery that we have nowadays, that's presented as a really sort of glorious animal specimen descending on him this beautiful uh, almost heavenly thing happening but if you look at a dove through the eyes of a first century jew they were the poor man's bird so what's descending on jesus isn't sort of a magnificent albatross or mm. um sort of uh, phoenix. phoenix or some kind of majestic bird this isn't a, this is a very ordinary commonplace thing mm. landing on him which again I don't know, it's just quite interesting to think about it that way. Mm. Um, but we do know from from other... So Jesus says at one point, uh, be as wise as serpents, but as innocent as doves. So there is a connotation of uh, purity, mm. innocence, cleanliness, holiness mm. in the dove, mm. but also commonplaceness. So here's the Holy Spirit who is pure, uh, who is perfect, who is clean, who is uh, all those things, but also almost a, a kind of you know ready to come to the lowliest of people even the poor man can have the holy spirit you know you don't have to be able to afford a bull to have the holy spirit 
Uh, but he descends as a, as like as a dove. Mm. Yeah, well, there's so much of that, as you say, all through his ministry. I was reading a Spurgeon quote the other day where he's talking about the um, the shepherds when they heard that he had been wrapped in cloths and laid in a manger. Mm. You know how that would have excited their affections right. in a way that imperial robes would not have. Okay, you know if the shep- if the angels had announced he is in imperial robes, you it wouldn't it, they would have thought, oh right, oh okay, well, we don't have access right. to that. But the fact that he was like like them in their kind of places, wrapped right. in their kind of clothes, excited yeah. their affections, and they ran because they thought he's become like us. He's for us, you know. And uh, you know, the dove may, may have uh, may have done that as well. I mean, it is interesting. It's the Holy Spirit that comes on him in the form of a dove, isn't it? Um, so it says, you know, this is uh, Matthew three. Um, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove. Mm. So there's a sort of gentleness, a coming down and, and lighting on him, resting on him, staying on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love with him. I'm well pleased. Um, and, so, a, and, a, and a dove is, 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 is white and this clean, you know, it's supposed to be sort of clean and all of that sort of stuff goes with it. Doesn't mm, it? Mm-hmm. Mm. A pigeon isn't white, but you know, yeah. Yeah. You think of, you see a dove, uh, you yeah. know, house and they're, they're beautiful white things, aren't they? Yeah. 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 So that's, that's obviously a significant moment in Jesus's life, isn't it? Because here we have a, a kind of Trinitarian encounter, don't we? We've got uh, Jesus, the son, uh, you know, the father saying that he's pleased and that he loves the son and the spirit descending upon him. And the dove is tied up in that, in that drama. And, um, and so that's, that's where we see him here in the, in the New Testament. Um, and maybe, you know, we can we can then jump onto a passage which we looked at um, before uh, in one of our other talks where Jesus kind of says that his disciples are to have a dove-like quality about them. And, uh, you know, it's probable that some of the same ideas are going on here, isn't it? You know, so uh, the dove is on Jesus, a picture of innocence, purity, ordinariness, perhaps. And uh, it looks like he uses the same kind of image for his disciples doesn't he where, where, where is that has anyone got that open is it in matthew matthew 10 matthew 10 16 i haven't got it open there yeah matthew 10 um what verse did you say 16 16 oh yes that's right yeah um i'm sending you out like sheep among wolves therefore be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves yeah so crafty, not in the wrong sense of it, but yeah. understanding the situation. Yeah. What what a snake does, as we we were looking at, I think, you know, is still observing, waiting for its mm. right opportunity to be shrewd as snakes. But mm. you're you're supposed to be as innocent as doves as, mm. uh, as doves. So you know, clean and pure, and um, you know, you're not lying. You're Mm. You're telling the truth, and mm. that you need the Holy Spirit for that because He's mm. the one that produces in us love, joy, peace, patience, and the, the fruit, fruit of the Spirit within mm. us. Mm. So yeah, so when you see a dove, you, you're you're thinking, "I am to be this innocent. I'm to mm. be this pure." Mm. Mm. I um when we were doing the snakes one, I think I mentioned this this guy that I'd met on my Cornhill course who had been. A pastor in this sort of regeneration project for six years and he he was telling us this just incredible story of the last six years and and the battle that he'd had with these ungodly elders in this church that he'd sort of inherited um and his his kind of refrain that he kept repeating was 
because he was quite he was very crafty he had to think very strategically because mm. it was a presbyterian church so you had to have there was a vote on the eldership so every decision in the church was done by vote so he had to numerically increase support in that eldership and so he was planning to get good godly brothers onto the eldership um and he had to do things uh sort of by the book to get stuff done mm. and he kept saying you've got, to be, you've got to be as crafty as serpents you have to be as crafty as serpents but as innocent as doves That's right. but as innocent as doves yeah, we're, yeah. we're not here to manipulate we're not here to lie mm. we are we are representing christ and we are tr we're trying to honor him in everything that we do mm. and well, it was, was it was just, just a great rule for him it was yeah. it was the it was the refrain of the last six years of his life he had to work hard there was a job to do he had to go and do it he had to be clever about it but mm. At no point was he to be sneaky and no. to be um, selfish or immoral. Mm. He had to be above reproach, uh, and in the end, that's um, that's what that's what we all have to do, isn't yeah. it? Mm. Well, there was a cult. I mean, it's still around, but it, it was big, bigger in the seventies, sixties, seventies, early eighties, uh, called the Children of God, mm. and their plan was to get converts. They would send you know pretty girls out. Right. And they and they and and they were supposed to be as crafty as snakes, mm. and so you would bed a man um, uh, in being crafty to get them into this cult. Mm. Well, that's that's as that's as uh, sneaky as a snake, but mm. it's uh, it's not as innocent as a dove, and it's yeah. completely against the rest of the Bible in how you become. They would call them fishers of men, and that's how uh, they did it by right. by. Sleeping with men, <laughs> um, but we're not to be that. We're to be innocent and you know, mm. and, uh, and 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 open actually. And that's why you know our, our elderships and our our decisions and the way we run churches. It shouldn't mm. be secret. Mm. Uh, it should be open and look at us and examine the things. You know, yeah. you know, is where pastors shouldn't be. Uh, you know, in charge of the money. Really, you know, we're sat getting money coming our way mm. and no one really knows who handles the money and you know it's to be it's you could you, you can come to cornerstone and ask the treasurer and i i mean I, we have no idea as pastors who who even gives and how much they give and you know we're not in charge of money and that sort of stuff mm. so um yeah all of that's very important mm. and and you know it's interesting because when 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 paul was writing his letters in the New Testament, it does look like people were accusing him of that kind of manipulation and, mm. you know, peddling the word of God for money and stuff. And uh, he often writes and says, look, you know how I was when I was with yeah. you. You know, we didn't practice anything like that, any mm. deceit, any manipulation. You know, we innocently lived among you. We worked with our hands. You knew our lives. You could see us and you could hear us. You know, we're not exploitative. We're not like these other super no. apostles. We, we were shrewd in the decisions that we made and, uh, the things that we did, but we were innocent. And and Jesus is a great example of this, isn't he? So you talk about the spirit descending upon him. Well, he was as innocent as a dove and and, and yet shrewd. You know, you look at some of his interactions with, uh, with the Pharisees, <laughs> you know, the teachers of the law, um, you know, whose inscription is on this coin, give to Caesar's what is Caesar's, give to God's what is God's. There's a shrewdness about his, the way he speaks and the way he argues. And yet um, he refuses to sin with sinners he refuses to um, buy into that kind of religious manipulation that was all around him so he managed to live among sinners without without sinning with them you know and uh it's, and in, it's interesting isn't it that that you you were saying in the temple uh, he particularly picks out the ones who are selling doves 
and and making money out of religion there and and maybe the connection with the holy spirit is there in his mind because very often the holy spirit uh is a sort of selling point isn't it people make money out of him particularly um you know uh and all, all the trinkets that come out as well with the holy spirit and sort of Dove pictures and stuff, mm. but but worse than that is the the use of the spirit or the giving of the spirit for for gain mm. that, hap- that 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 happens and may, maybe that's why he was picking on that mm. and mm. the manipulation that goes on in some of these these places um, about the spirit and mm. yeah mm. yeah right so when we see the spirit what do we no, the sorry the, <laughs> when we see, when the, we spirit? see the spirit yeah now we're moving into strange territory aren't we uh yeah when we see the dove we're to think of all, all these kinds of things aren't we so we can think right back to the beginning of the bible the ark the end of judgment the beginning of a new creation we can think of the sacrificial system and uh, how all are included and invited to worship the true god we can think of christ uh, you know, the spirit empowering him for his ministry. We can think of our role in the world um, to be innocent and pure and, and yet for ordinary people, um, not specialist or exclusive in any way. Um, and uh, yes, there's all kinds of things, isn't there? And um, Song of yeah, songs, good. you can talk to your wife and say you've got uh, eyes like doves. Eyes like doves. Which I yeah. guess the, the, the white was clean. And yeah. yeah. Were... It is one of the more transferable comments from the Song of Songs. <laughs> yes. Compliments. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, Not like the goats. Teeth like a horse or something. It doesn't yeah. quite no. translate as well, no, well, well does it? I don't think yeah. there is one on that. <laughs> no, yeah, to be fair. No. Uh, all right, so I hope you've enjoyed this series and uh, do tune in in the new year. We're planning a new series of podcasts. We're going to continue these. Uh, listen out for the one that we're going to release for, uh, for families and kids as well and do tune in for that. And uh, cornerstonechurchkingston.org is the place to go for lots of other resources and uh, we hope over these Christmas holidays you'll be able to have a chance to access that download some things read some things and uh, and we hope really it is a blessing to you um, over the next few weeks and for many many months to come <laughs>